0: Welcome to the Arthroscopy Association's Arthroscopy Journal podcast. The views expressed in this podcast do not necessarily represent the views of the Arthroscopy Association or the Arthroscopy Journal. I'm Dr. Chris Tucker from the Walter Reed National Military Medical Center and founder of the podcast. Today, I have the honor of welcoming someone I've wanted to get on the podcast for a while now not only for his educational commentary, but because he's just one of the kindest and most welcoming surgeons I've ever met, Dr. Eric McCarty. Dr. McCarty is the Chief of Sports Medicine and Shoulder Surgery and is the Head Team Physician for the University of Colorado, while also serving as the Head Orthopedic Team Physician for the University of Denver and Medical Director and Head Team Physician for the NHL's Colorado Avalanche Hockey Club. Dr. McCarty, welcome to the podcast. Chris, hey, thank
1: you very much for having me. And thanks for the great work that you're doing for Anna and for the Arthroscopy Journal. Uh, this is really something that is, uh, is really meaningful
0: for, for everybody, the, the weekly podcast that you do. So it's an honor to be here. And, and thank you. Well, thank you. It's my pleasure. Dr. McCarty, you were the senior author on the article titled, Comparing Hamstring Autograft with Hybrid Graph for Anterior Cruciate Ligament Reconstruction, a Systematic Review which was published in the April 2020 issue of the Arthroscopy Journal. Congratulations on the paper. As we know, the ACL is one of the most widely studied topics in orthopedic literature. What got you interested in examining this particular aspect of ACL surgery, the hybrid graft?
1: You know, this is really interesting. It, it goes back to the, to the 2000s and, and into the mid-late 2000s. Um, I, at that time, allograft, surgery was very popular and I had a lot of patients in Colorado that were asking me for allografts and and I I wasn't particularly fond of, of just allografts you know I, I'm particularly a a, a autographed uh, type of uh surgery I recommend that for most of my patients um, however I do recognize the value of allograft however when I was getting some 30 year olds 35 year olds 40 year olds uh, requesting allografts you know I I I would talk to them, and, and, I, and I, it, the thought occurred that possibly, you know, let's include a little bit of your tissue in there. Let's include, include a hamstring, combine it with the allograft, and, and I think the, the benefit of that would be that we're going to have uh, a very nice, strong graft, good diameter. You're going to get your allograft that you want, but you're also going to get some of the autograft that I want. And it's not going to take too much away from you. It's a small incision. It's going to be the same incision. And then I think we get the, the best of both worlds. And so I, I started doing that in some patients, in these 35, 40 year old patients that wanted allograft and, and convinced them that, uh, you know, to have at least a little bit of their own autograph. And we did that with non irradiated uh, allograft tissue. Um, and I was really very, very uh pleasantly uh surprised uh, maybe not surprised but pleased uh how well these patients did and they didn't uh, seem to have the same morbidity with taking the hamstrings and they they did very well and so uh we decided after you know probably eight nine years to to take a look at these this group of uh of patients And, and and one of the reasons i wanted to because i saw my patients doing well however There were some papers that were coming out in the uh probably 2013 2014 2015 um around that that time frame of patients that were not doing well with a hybrid graft and i thought it was important to to get some of that information out there and so we published our our paper a couple years ago um and i and i thought it was a very interesting article And, and so Going on that, uh, I thought it also would be very interesting that we really should look at, uh, now that there were several papers out there through the past decade, that we should look at this in a systematic review. So, thus the interest in hybrid uh, graphs and thus
0: the interest in doing this systematic review. Great. I think it's always useful when you know clinical research spawns from clinical questions uh, in patient care. The stated purpose of y'all's study was to systematically review the literature in an effort to compare the clinical outcomes of patients undergoing ACL reconstructions with the hamstring tendon autograft versus hybrid autograft-allograft. You hypothesized there wouldn't be any difference between the two. So what did you find out? Well,
1: yeah, it, it was interesting because uh, the, the bottom line, what we found out that uh, uh, there are inconsistent differences in the outcomes in the follow-up of these patients so basically patients that have had this procedure uh, with a hamstring versus a uh, a hybrid graft they uh, they're all over the board Uh, meaning uh, like our paper some do very well even better than the hamstrings and then some did very poorly versus the hamstrings and so i think there's so many factors that go into is it. It a lot of he- heterogeneity in the in the studies um the most of the studies were level three uh studies you know we had 12 studies that we looked at only one was a level two and 11 were le- were level three um so the quality of the studies uh were okay um there was uh, a lot of different uh, graft uh, uh types Graft uh, techniques or the ACL techniques, and so we we uh, it was hard to come with any concrete uh, conclusions. Although there were some definitely some trends
0: that we saw. I agree. I I dug through the paper in detail, prepping for this podcast, and and noticed that significant variation amongst techniques and surgical techniques and and uh, graft options and the irradiated, non-irradiated. But I did dial down on the two studies that you guys highlighted in the paper that directly compared the autographed hamstrings to the non-irradiated hybrids and the failure rates were very similar five to eight percent in the hamstrings and two to four percent in the non-irradiated hybrids as you said trending towards actually being better for the hybrids unfortunately wasn't um you know in your paper it stated not appropriate enough uh to make inferences from greatly underpowered statistics but what do you take away from those two particular studies, if anything?
1: Yeah, you know, I think as I looked at all this data um, and, and had some terrific uh, uh, students and docs that helped out with the paper, you know, it, it's a lot, as any systematic review is. But as I look at it and, and I try to analyze it, and, and there are probably some inherent biases on my part, but but, but those two studies you mentioned were the non-irradiated hamstring Versus, uh, I'm sorry, non-irradiated allograft versus the the hamstring, and so uh, those papers that that uh, included the non-irradiated allograft tissue with a hamstring or hamstrings versus just the hamstring, they they consistently had better results than the papers that used irradiated allograft tissue for that part of the hybrid graph. So as I, as I look at it, and this is really was my thought for some of the reasons of the poor uh, results in other papers, I think a big difference is the irradiation of the allograft tissue. And I think it damages the tissue. I, I, uh, I won't use that in, in the allografts that I use. And so I think that is a big reason that uh, we saw uh, the difference. Um, now, I do have to say that uh, if, as you look at a lot of the studies, you know, the age groups are all over the range, and the uh, the hamstring tendon versus hybrid that use the irradiated uh, tissue, there are many studies that were younger, uh, you know, average age of 14 or 15. Whereas the average age of the two studies, one of those was the study that we did and the other study by Leo et al, the average age of those studies uh, was 35 and 27. So there There certainly can be a difference in the age group uh, that would would uh, contribute to the differences in in the results.
0: I think you highlight an excellent point that there's just so many factors that contribute to the outcomes as you highlighted in your paper, the graft diameter, you know, sterilization of the you know technique irradiated versus not age of the patient under twenty, we know is a risk factor. Um, and actually, as I learned from your paper, Actually, whether the hybrid graft is a planned or an unplanned procedure is actually linked to failure rates. So interestingly, there's so many variables and related to the topic of of your study, can you just run through your approach to the hamstring ACL surgery from, you know, your indications in the office to your technique, maybe some of the pearls and pitfalls you've learned along the way in your experience? i think the hamstring is is a
1: great graft i really do i I like it um i i have to tell you though i I am uh, uh, very particular for my uh high school and collegiate athletes and professional athletes my go-to graft is patella tendon the second graft would be quadriceps and then third graft in that group would be hamstring now i've done number of, of of really uh competitive athletes with hamstring and they've done very nicely. So it's a great graph, but for me, because the, the size can be inconsistent uh, and there certainly are some studies that have shown that there is a dependence on the hamstring, particularly for the younger female athlete. I will shy away from it in, in, my, uh, in my high school athletes and given a choice, I will do patellatin or quadriceps. As, as the patients get older, I, I really like to lay out all the options. And, uh, you know, say for my 30-year-old recreational athlete, maybe skier in Colorado um, or likes to play soccer, uh, I think the the hamstring, the quadricep, or patella tendon are great. Now, as we talk to the patients and and lay it out, uh, the option of the hybrid usually comes more as the patient gets into the age uh, 35 or 40, 45, as we're not so worried about uh, just using um, uh, uh, allograft tissue and 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 adding some of the uh the autographs as we've talked about earlier and so you know i i, I like the hamstring and uh i use it uh, quite a bit in my my 30 to 40 year age range and then uh and then the the hybrid is about the same time and my technique is uh i i am not one that uh will do a a, a one hamstring and quadruple that i, I typically take the semi and the gracilis and uh, and fold them over uh and so very happy with that I've, i've evolved the technique from when i first started doing a hamstring uh back in in about the year of 2000 uh where i was using a cross pin to now using an adjustable button and i've used an adjustable button uh since uh probably it first came out uh in the late 2000s and been very happy with that and and i've not had uh any any issues with that so so very happy with that i think there are a lot of great techniques out there and a lot of ways to to approach acl surgery and i think as we look at it now with the admin of, of the quadriceps tendon uh, that's just one more great option that's a very consistently thick graft and we have some excellent ways to fix it that uh, i i think we'll see that in the years to come this will probably uh, supplant uh uh
0: maybe the use of the hamstring tendon, uh, particularly in in the younger age group. So interesting. Two points there. I want to discuss first, real quickly. Um, the one of the common reasons for doing the hybrid augment is for graft diameter size. What's your intraoperative cutoff? 7.5, 8 millimeters for pulling the trigger on doing a, a allograft augment. Interesting question, Chris. Uh, and
1: I think you know people get caught up in that, and I think you have to understand. What the size of the person is. You know, is a a 7.0 millimeter diameter graft in a 120 pound um, 30 year old gal uh, sufficient? Probably. Um, But a 7 millimeter graft in a 250 pound 25 year old lineman uh, sufficient? Probably not. So you know i think there's a lot of factors and, and and i don't think that gets discussed enough uh in, in terms of the ratio of the size of the graph to the size of the person to the size of the notch and so um there's so many variables but but getting back to your question um you know if it's a, a smaller person i'm fine with 7.0 if they're bigger um then uh, and you know they're 200 pounds then i'm going to look at least a 7.5 or, or 8.0 uh I I think it also is interesting, too, as people measure the the grafts, you know, how much of the soft tissue or the muscle is taken off. I think that's variable. I've seen uh, surgeons that uh, don't strip as much of the muscle off. so Of course, it gives you a bigger graft, but is that truly tendon? So uh, it's a very interesting question. There's been some really nice papers. Uh, Magnuson from Ohio State did a a very nice one looking at the size of the the graft. So I think we all should be aware of that. And, and understand that,
0: but also understand there's more variables than just the size. Sure, I think it's great to hear your, your individualization of your treatment, I agree. I, I'd love to see some more information on the customization to the size of the patient. I, I don't think we see enough on that as well, but I think anybody who does ACL surgery, like you said, sees the difference and can tell you know, the size of the graft as it fits in the notch, it either looks big or it doesn't. Uh, and, and like you said, you may have different cutoffs for different size patients. Um, so my second point I want to bring up with you, Dr. Brian Werner wrote the editorial commentary on your study. And interestingly, in his conclusion, he he actually suggested that, you know, this debate in general for hamstring ACLs might be dwindling over the next decade or so just because of the number of graft options there are, which as you alluded to earlier, you said your top priorities are typically not hamstring, but rather patellar tendon or quad. Do you think, do you agree with that uh, kind of thought that this is trending away from, that we are trending away from doing hamstring surgery in general? Yeah, I think we'll see a
1: a lesser percentage of it. Uh, I think we already are probably, uh, and, it, and it is such a great graph. It, it was the most popular graft for a while. And so, like anything, you can see trends uh, come and go. Uh, I, it's not gonna go away, it, again, it's an excellent graft. However, the unpredictability of the size of it is, of course, one of the reasons that uh, the quadricep is so appealing and the way that the fixation uh, techniques have have come around for the quadricep has made that appealing as well and so uh, for example in my and i mentioned it earlier but in my younger athletes whereas 10 years ago um, if i was thinking about a hamstring graft uh, now i'm i'm not even thinking about it my younger athletes i'm going to uh, think about a quadricep because i know consistently there's going to be a good graph and I don't have to worry about whether it needs augmentation or not so I think his point is really good and I would completely agree with it and you know that would uh, certainly deserve more study in the future uh, because of all the variables that uh, are are discussed in the paper there's just so much that goes into looking at the results and some of this may may be mute as uh, we uh, look into the future and look at uh, something like the quadricep graft.
0: Sure. I agree. Excellent discussion. Uh, so to wrap it up here, Dr. McCarty, we get a lot of younger surgeons um, and trainees listening to the podcast. Can you maybe share one or two takeaways with respect to ACL surgery that you can share with some of the younger guys learning uh, that haven't maybe had a chance to meet you or work with you or, or listen to you talk, but you have, you have a wealth of knowledge to share. So I give you an open mic to uh, to give a couple of pearls for our trainees.
1: Well, thanks, Chris.
0: You, you know, this uh,
1: is just a, a great opportunity just to talk with you. You know, I, I met you three years ago and, and have enjoyed the work that you've been doing. And I appreciate that. And, you know, the opportunity that the young surgeons have is really, really great. You know, they are learning all these de- different techniques that uh, are – different than they were maybe when i was coming out of training in the late 90s where basically we were maybe occasional quadriceps but not really uh, hamstring tendons and, and patella tendon and then some allografts but even the fixation techniques were were a bit different for the hamstrings and now they're a lot different so what i would say to to those younger surgeons the fellows coming out or the ones that are in practice just kind of starting i would say you know bottom line is get your technique down put put the graft in the right place and if you put the graft in the right place and you have good rehab good prehab good thought with your patient then they're going to do great and it probably doesn't matter as much what graft you use do try to look at the different options for graphs learn how to do them it's great to have all these in your tool bag because you never know when you're going to use them but uh, i i do think looking at how to do the technique right practice it practice it in your mind before your surgery for the fellows that are going to be coming out or just coming out of uh, into practice or the ones that are just starting fellows, spend time visualizing the steps take time to look at each step on what you're going to do. Think about it ahead of time. And it's really important to do that, especially in this past year in, w- in which we've had the, the COVID crisis going on. There was a time when not much surgery was happening, and that should be a time that people in training are spending in visualization, looking at the technique, but then going through the steps and thinking about it ahead of time. And as, as the younger surgeons get out into practice, and get their volume of acls up this is going to help immensely you will have done it 100 times in your mind before you do your first acl and if you can do that and have the steps down it's just going to make things so smoothly and it's just like sports chris you know visualization is part of it and and if you can visualize exactly what you're going to do visualize the drilling the placement tunnels the harvest all that it's going to make it so much easier when you actually get in there so i really would uh, emphasize that and and practice as much as you can in cadaver labs you know anna has some terrific cadaver labs so i would i would recommend doing that even if you've been out in practice uh, for a year or two sometimes it's great just to go into the lab and try it again and and try something new try something different uh and maybe harvesting some of these different things you know I think it's something that sometimes you don't get in fellowship and, and you continually will learn as the years go on. So so uh, lots of things that can be done, but uh, remember the, the, the mental visualization of it. Remember when things don't go well, that you just take a deep breath, take a moment, take a pause, and then come up with a game plan. Don't get frustrated, don't yell at people, but be cool and be calm and you're going to get through it and and your mentor is just a call away and trust me all the fellowship directors all your attendings that uh, maybe you've trained they've all had calls from their trainees at some point or another during a procedure during a case uh, to answer questions so remember we're all here for you we're in this together we were all in the same boat and good luck because you're going into the greatest
0: profession that I could ever think of. We are so fortunate and so blessed. I second that. Thanks. That was uh, excellent words of wisdom from a very experienced and, and great teacher and educator. So thank you again, Dr. McCarty, for sharing your thoughts with us today. Uh, Dr. McCarty's article titled Comparing Hamstring Autograft with Hybrid Graft for Anterior Cruciate Ligament Reconstruction, a Systematic Review, can be found in the April- 2020 issue of the arthroscopy journal which is available online at www.arthroscopyjournal.org dr mccarty thanks again for joining me
1: oh chris thank you it's a real pleasure thank you for
0: your service to this country
1: you're a west point grad you're working at walter reed and i really appreciate what you're doing for the country for your service to all of us and for this and your service to anna and also to orthopedic surgeons in general. So appreciate
0: Chris, you are doing a great work and and thank you for having me. Thank you, sir. It's my pleasure. This concludes this edition of the Arthroscopy Journal podcast. Thank you for listening. Please join us again next time.